0: Show for artists of all kinds. Sit down and life. Enjoy
1: the music. Okay, Lord cool. Happy? Comfortable? Yeah, mate. Thanks for coming in, it
2: hey, that's okay. Are we recording? Yeah, we're away. Wow, look at that.
1: <laughs> How <laughs> have you been? You've been well. You've, we
2: were talking before. You said you're doing really good. Everything's sort of. Yeah, I um turned 25 this week.
1: Ooh, nasty. Yeah. Oh, I was same about three months ago now. Yeah. yeah. How's that's, that feel um, for you?
2: It's scary to be honest, uh, like 22, 23, 24, awesome, yep. exciting, yep. this is great, I'm growing up, you know, I feel good, 25 comes around and bang, like here's life, <laughs> yeah. you dish it up to you, you've got five years until you're 30, you know, what? at what point do you have to be, you know, in your life, are you comparing yourself to other people, are you mm. are you on the right track, are you yeah. not, but it's all those anxieties going through your head, but yeah, man, twenty five.
1: Yeah, I I feel yeah, and it, it's funny because it is, you know, it's, it's corny to say you know that age is just a number. Yeah, but it is really because I still feel I don't really feel like a twenty five year old. Like I feel like I'm still somewhat of a teenager until yeah. so I get sort of even I think in my late twenties I'm still gonna feel like pretty young and still am pretty young but you do start getting those thoughts of okay where am i at in life what are the 25 year olds my age doing i see i feel like in the sort of demographic that we've been a part of you tend to sort of see a lot of the younger people sort of involved in what you're doing as well through music and art and just gigs and things there's a younger generation that you end up sort of around and so you sort of feel like you're still on this
2: yeah well, like, wave you know <laughs> I don't think anything really changes too much, No. because everyone's doing you. You know, you're all doing it together. Um, but like, 30s the new 20, yeah, right. You know, is we're not that old, and life's not that crazy. We don't have to be doing, you know, certain things like we're not trying to get married at 22 or anything like that. Some, some, more well, of you know, us. some people. I mean, <laughs> can't judge, but yeah, I mean, life's like I don't know. It feels like it's falling into place nicely. And I feel like I'm in a good position. Um, but, yeah, it is scary. Like, I feel like it's slipping through my fingers a wee bit, mm. a little bit of a yeah. quarter-life crisis maybe. Yeah,
1: sure. I think that's natural. I think I think that just sort of you start getting what feels like this sort of quarter-life crisis because you sort of hit this age, like, well, mid-20s now. Like, 25 is a number that you look at and go, okay, like I'm on the sort of spectrum mm. of the older.
2: Yeah, you're like, okay, this, like, You know, I've had my youth now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like like, the teenage years are really gone now. And it does get, it just goes fast. Yeah. Like every year, I know like everybody says that, but it's terrifying. Yeah. It's scary looking at
1: like old photos or just when certain songs came out at at a time when you were a certain age and you think, wow, that was like seven or eight years ago now well, that I was listening to this. Or, you know, we, me and my friend group at the time were all jumping around to this song and that was like, yeah. what?
2: I just can't believe 2017 was four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at, that, at um, Duke Street. Yeah, yeah. That was four years ago. Crazy. Where has that time gone?
1: A scary thought. For me, like the timeline is sort of, it still doesn't uh, – uh, the point of, I guess, what we're saying is it doesn't feel like it was that long ago. No. Uh, for me, like, that was the f- flat I was living in before the flat that I'm in now. Mm-hmm. So the time that's elapsed between then and now, I've been in the same place. Yeah. So there hasn't been a lot of environmental change for me. So right. that time has really just sort of – like, those three years have just sort of felt like one whole year, so to speak. Like, yep. I feel like the person yep. that I am at this time – because, you know, when you, when you sort of jump flats, it's sort of a new – Part yeah. of your life, you yeah, sort of you around exactly. different in people in a different place. Yeah. So I feel like that time between then and now is, is quite short. So I I really struggle with that too. Like yeah, 2017, that's such a long time ago. Do and you th- again like the music and stuff that was happening there? Yeah, like, like it's weird to think that that was that long ago.
2: Mm. Do you think by you know constantly shifting your environment every year, changing flats, doing that kind of thing, do you think that it helps or hinders your personality growth and and you, you know, is it? I'm always in a flat with these people, these same friends. You know, mm. we're shifting environments or staying in one spot and giving yourself the opportunity to grow. I don't, you know, what do you think would be?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think you look at the general trend of what people do in their in their um, study years is typically jump between flats, and a lot of plat, flats aren't available for longer than a year. You know, you and you sign the lease and then you're done. That was the case for that that Duke Street one. So I feel like it's sort of inevitable that you do go through a multitude of flats in this time of our lives. Mm. And then there is a point where you go, it would be nice to have like a house of my own or, you know, a place that I, it is more mine as opposed to ours. And then I can sort of like change that thing to be what I want it to be. I think it's important to have those changes when you're younger because you you see more perspectives, I suppose. And it depends how you're shifting, you know. If you if you are moving into different homes with the same group of people every time, I mean, I suppose you're just building a better relationship with those people. But um, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a good thing or a bad thing, but there's definitely benefits that can come, up, come out of having that change of pace. Like I'm at a, at a place now that I feel like I need to move from where I'm living because yeah. I feel like my time there is done i've never really felt that about a flat before i've always been like oh like the year's over already like now i have to find somewhere else to live and so like that sentimentality sort of happens quite quickly we used to go oh that's that's i haven't taken the time to really sort of like you know accept that i'm leaving the space i'm just sort of out of it whereas this place is just sort of it's really done its dash like i've I've been there enough and, and enjoyed it so much and not really had to have ever thought about you know whenever the landlord says are going to be with us next year? I'm like, yeah, so much easier to stay. If you're happy for me to be here, then I'll just stay here. But now I'm like, yeah, I think I need that change of pace because I feel like just in my case that my life has sort of just ended up on this really routine. Like I feel like I've got to a point now where I'm really happy. Um, Not everything that happens in my life is obviously like what I want to be doing. But in the general, like the time that I have – to do the things that I want to do and the places that I have and the people that I'm around. I'm pretty happy, but that is that routine thing is is getting old now. Like I feel like I do need to, to to do something. So for me personally, I feel like there's there's always gonna come a point no matter how long or short where you will need change, you know.
2: Yeah. Well I mean the reason I say that is because I um have been in a position where I haven't necessarily needed to be in a flat. You know, right. I've been living at home, you know, for so long, and maybe my perspective isn't the same as everyone else. Mm. You know, and I feel like you lose that maybe, yeah, you're losing that perspective of of shifting environments and, and being independent enough to you know
0: to yeah. grow. But I think
1: that's 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 a obviously a huge part of fledging is, is is independent. Yeah, being becoming independent, but that can also depend on like where you are and who you're with. Um, you could have an incredibly social flat and sort of lose some independence because you're yeah. reliant on your time That's being right. spent with others as yeah. opposed to a flat that you aren't so friendly or comfortable with those people that you just find yourself being in your room more more often than not. Mm-hmm. And also like living at home too, I find that... Um, Ironically, living at home is the time that I want to be more social than anything. Like that's right, yeah. the year that I spent at home, all I wanted to do was just leave the house and go and see people. Yeah. yeah. And now I live in a house with others. All I want to do is sit in my room and be yeah. by myself. So yeah. it's kind of like you don't know what you have until it's gone, I suppose, is exactly. the sort of thing. So that's a different way of growing too. Yeah. And where that happens for you at whatever age can also determine how you perform creatively, if that's something that you're doing, you know, what who you're around and what sort of environment you rely on will affect inevitably like what you create, I think, too.
2: Yeah, well, I think being around um, or being in a flat with other creative people as well was definitely going to help you be creative yourself. For sure, for sure. You know, like sort of surrounding yourself with people that are being productive and and making music and art and and design and all of that kind of stuff, I think that really like breeds a culture of wanting to be successful and that kind of thing. And if, if you're on your own, and you're not surrounded by that, then maybe you give yourself excuses, you know, not yeah. to be doing those things. Yeah, absolutely, that
1: that flat in particular, the Duke Street flat, that was immensely beneficial for my creativity at the time. It was music, yeah. um, doing obviously on quite a different path now. But the, the, the sort of the rawest example of what we're talking about here, I think, is me in that scenario because what was happening was everyone else's sort of immediate idea when we moved in was like, right, this is the studio room. yeah, And, and that wasn't like a concept that I was familiar with yeah. to have like a room yeah. for creating things. So I thought, oh, but this is like a really nice lounge or like a really nice bedroom. I want to like yeah, be give, in this you're bedroom. You're giving you know? up a, a bed. You yeah, know? essentially, yeah. So I was kind of like, okay, whatever. I'm not going to, you know, never going to say no, don't have a studio yeah. room. So just, just let it happen. And that was like the best room in the house, and yeah. I had all my gear set up in there, with the table and everything, and and I've never, I don't think I've ever, like, I've, I could probably equate it to sort of my practice now with painting, but at that time, that was sort of the, the most I'd ever worked on something creatively ever was in that room, and the joy about it was someone might have walked past at a time that I was making a beat that I was really happy with and I could sort of turn and go like Yeah. What do you think? Or someone will come in and like start bobbing their head. Like yeah. that's that's
2: more gratifying than anything. That, that was huge. That was pretty unique, I think, um, having people just being able to come and egg you on and yeah. or tell you it was bad if it yeah, was bad. Exactly. And I think that yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty hard to replicate that sort of like just you know, group Mentality of we're all going to be creative. Mm. We're all going to do something. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You know, we can all like sort of pitch in and help out, and and that's what happened. I mean, we were all a part of something at least, mm. you know. And for myself, it was when I really started getting into mixing and and I wanted to sort of be a part of the music, but like maybe on a more technological side, more um, yeah, focus on on being able to allow everyone to do their work better maybe yeah, that's sure. sort of what i hoped so is but, that
1: so that was the driving factor for you because that was a question i wanted to ask yeah. like we sort of started to lean more towards that aspect of music
2: well i've always been interested in the idea of recording and and mixing and that kind of thing and i think that just comes from my brain being very analytical mm. um, and logical and and um it's just i don't know i think i'm just i'm quite obsessed with workflow and and technology and software and that kind of stuff and it's just always been something that gives me comfort to know that like I can do something objectively right right you know by recording you can you there's know, a method to it there's, there's a method a And it yes there's done. a lot of creative ways to do things but you know at the end of the day it's getting recorded in a certain way and you know you can pat yourself on the back if, you've, if it sounds good sure you know you've done something right and I think that's what I was craving a lot was the just the objectivity of music, you know. And I really struggle sometimes with songwriting or um, just playing an instrument or whatever because, you know, I don't always believe that what I'm doing is right. You know, right. someone else can always do it better. But but with recording and, and mixing and stuff, it was, yeah, something I could really just, something tangible for me. Sure. And I think that was really what I need or still need, and what I needed back then too. Yeah,
1: I like that. And in that period of time that we're talking about, that Duke Street 2017 era, that was sort of your main focus at the time, if I'm not mistaken. That was pretty much what you were doing, if not exclusively. Um, You've obviously started out with the music side of things just in the performative like you had music and you were in bands prior to that time period mm-hmm. so was it through that was there sort of frustration in your in your music practice like playing and singing and everything that sort of made you turn onto the recording mixing side of things or was it was it that was always sort of what you wanted to get involved with from the get go yeah
2: i think i think oh, maybe it's a control thing sure. and i always just wanted to have a hand in what i was doing from start to finish yeah you know, I didn't necessarily believe that I needed anyone else to come in and do something for me. It was just sort of that I can do everything, jack of all trades kind of mm. mentality, I suppose. And that started from quite young, like about 12 or 13, or 14, just sort of making songs and recording them and then sort of doing it for the bands that I was in. And, and so that was sort of my thing. Like I would be the guy that, if i maybe i did write the song maybe i didn't but the band would come to me and we'd all record it and and then i started doing it for other people and that's an entirely different process because you're not really necessarily creatively involved you're just sort of doing the the technical side for them mm. and that's that yeah that's a whole another kettle of fish too because if you've i mean if you've ever done client work before like freelance kind of stuff it's at what point do I give up my creative taste or or creative abilities just to serve them? Mm. And so, you know, you're dealing with two things there. You can get really creative recording yourself and making music, but you can also just sort of be, I mean, it's probably not the right word to use, but be a slave to the process and just sort of going through the motions and, and getting it done. Um, But yeah, I think, both sides of that coin is is something that I quite enjoy doing and, and, it, and it has spilt into my work today mm. you know and everything else that I'm doing.
1: I can totally understand where you're coming from with the you know m- making enhancing someone else's yeah. creation you know you're yeah. working with something that they've made on their time and, and to be able to sort of give that back to them and, and work on something that's special to them I can understand so how hey, you go down that path that's, yeah. that's obviously something that's you know, doing something for others is always going to be something that's going to make you feel good, right? Yeah, yeah. Was that was that sort of how you'd? There was a point with doing that though, where did it kind of get stale for you, or like explain your sort of transition point back into music? Because yeah, because the group you're in now, Waikapone, that's am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. That that sort of has come after that big stint of you doing that mixing, mastering. Thing. Yeah. So was it you like? Find like like what you were saying like at what point do you do you become quote unquote the slave to that and where does your creativity stop was that your chance or your outlet to sort of get that back
2: yeah well I think it it's taken a lot of figuring out for me that um I can be creative in both areas or all areas or whatever and it and it's it's something that because I yeah so being in bands and then kind of transitioning full time to just being and and mixing and recording. That was a way for me to just kind of take a break from being a creative lead or, or whatever that was in a band. And, and so I was like, okay, let's just step back. I'm not in charge of anything here. I'm just going to be the facilitator for other people's music. And then I think, yeah, at some point you do need that, Create that creative urge comes back, and you do want to be in a position where you know you're making something, um, like writing songwriting. Um, and I, in my personal life, I was in a position where I had a lot of motivation to sort of get feelings out of me, um, and that just came out in songwriting. And I ended up writing like a full album, and not that long um and that was after sort of a big break of not writing at all um yeah so that's sort of been my transition period is is more of an emotional one mm. than just you know preference but i've all you know i've always got hands in both sides you know both puddings i suppose okay, i suppose that's kind of inevitable yeah it's it's, it's all essentially in the same pool yeah. you're just sort of
1: swimming on either yeah, end. yeah
2: and and right now too is sort of oh, I feel like I'm at a tr- transition point again where I want to go back into more mm. mixing and recording because I haven't really been doing it that much and, and that's just how it works for me I think you know I'd prefer to be doing one prefer to be doing the other but like yeah I think the songwriting aspect is is, is an emotional thing for me and if I'm not necessarily at a time in my life where I'm crazy emotional or you know I'm happy maybe that's it's a good thing but like it doesn't there's not much um, reason for me to to be songwriting I've got nothing to write about really sure and I find it hard too because you know yeah what do you write about and then I think anxiety is a massive drive for me to get something out through the guitar or or you know yeah an instrument
1: it puts you puts your mind in a particular place yeah yeah, it's interesting. Well,
2: it's a good outlet for me, I think, because yeah, I, I don't know, it just makes me happy, I suppose.
1: Yeah. yeah. And that's and that's all that really has to be explained, right? It's, yeah. That's sort of something I look at with my homework, is like, why am I doing this? Yeah. You know, what does this mean? Like what is this what is this emotion bringing out from me? And a lot of the time there is no answer to that. It's just no. the fact that I like doing it and that's yeah. really all that anyone should have to be saying about what they do, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I, th- I feel like I guess in your case where you're you are making the music for your own do you feel for yourself rather do you feel like you're you obviously i presume you were sort of the the lead guy for for the mixing mastering side of all the music that you'd written for this album which is presumably the white capone yeah yeah yeah, Probably, it's yeah. The white capone, yeah. um so yeah that involvement, doing your own mixing and mastering, is that quite different from doing others? Like, was that was that giving you the same satisfaction? Satisfaction working on your own work as opposed to working on someone else's project?
2: Yeah, I think you can allow yourself to. Well, you know, you start from start to finish. You've got a taste that you want to achieve, and sort of you already know what you want it to sound like before it even hits the computer. You know, when I'm writing something, I sort of already know what i want the final product to be so there's maybe that doesn't you know allow me to be that creative with mixing but yeah and and so that does lend to when i'm doing other people's work i'll go well i didn't have a hand in this you know writing how can i put my creative stamp on on here or how Hmm. and maybe it's just a i prefer it to sound this way or that way and that's like what I was saying before at what point do you give that up for their taste because I say this to a lot of people like are they coming to you for just because you can do it you're the guy that can mix or are they coming to you because they want your input and they want your mm. um they want your stamp on it and yeah that's that's kind of where you've got to balance but yeah, I find it more creative doing other people's songs, like mixing other people's songs than I do my own. I suppose when you're doing your own stuff, like
1: you say, you've already got the idea of what it sounds like. So yeah. I suppose a lot of your process in the recording sort of already has elements of the mixing, mastering involved. Yeah. So there's not a lot left for you to do at the end, is that correct?
2: Yeah. And I think like, yeah, I'll just be like doing the whole process at once, if that makes sense, yeah. you know, in yeah. the songwriting. If it if I'm writing something, it'll be recorded, in which case I'll be already starting to mix it and already mm. starting to, like, make it sound a certain way with effects or that kind of thing. So it all moulds into one, you know, one process. So, Do you yeah. find
1: that... Like if you're you're looking at someone else's project and looking at your own, you're talking about how you're approaching someone else's project with the creativity. So, you know, the people are coming to you uh, potentially because they want your input on something or you're putting your own twist on things. Do you think that that's an important element for an artist to have, to have someone else's perspective like that? And then with your own music, do you think that it would be beneficial to you at all to have someone else doing the mixing masking mastering for you do you think that your sort of involvement in that area of music sort of overlaps the yeah what what it could be
2: well that's probably the the hypocritical part is because um you know maybe I prefer to do someone else's song a certain way but then I would never give up my own song to someone else like that's terrifying yeah you know like oh my god But, yeah, that's – I mean, that's where you run into problems too is because people have a certain sound in their head, you know, when they've written it, and then when you get it and it doesn't sound like what they thought it was, then it doesn't work, Mm -hmm. you know. And that's where – yeah, that's where, like, it sort of clashes a wee bit, but that's just all part of the process, and that's part of learning, and that's what I learnt, and, yeah, I think – Maybe I should, maybe I should get someone else to mix my music.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I guess it just depends how involved each of you are in that process, right? Yeah. Like if you're sending something away, yeah, that's sort of a lot scarier because you don't know what they're doing. They might take something too far exactly. that didn't need to be taken that far. You yeah. really need to be in the room with that person, right?
2: Yeah. Have well, you- that would be the dream, wouldn't it? Yeah. To To sort of be in a studio with someone and 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 do it that way. And I guess that's what the role of a producer is. Um, you know, someone to sort of hold your hand Mm. throughout the whole process, you know, and sort of put their, well, just make it all, the whole thing creative and and think of it in a different way. And I think perspective is is pretty important for that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think think it would be, I think typically like outside of any particulars
1: of what we're talking about right now, I feel like just generally creatively, I think it's super important to have other people's input on on what you're doing. But I, I imagine it's, it's, somewhat normal I guess for you to just immediately have an idea of what you want in your head and put that out and immediately sort of make that happen without any sort of input because you already know what's happening And, and I can imagine like myself like I've pretty much only ever had my own input when I'm doing what I'm doing unless I've sort of asked for it specifically um so my work only gets to a point where I'm ticking the box at the end, yeah. you know, no, no one else is saying, oh, why don't you do this there or this there? Yeah. I don't have that because I'm, I'm the only person here at the place that I work. Yeah. So I don't have that input. So it's hard for me to look at, or at least I wonder what, you know, wh- wh- what's actually finished Yeah. or what could be taken further, like does it need to be taken further? Like yeah. what, what makes a piece good work? Well, does it, does it, is it, is it only my eye that matters? Should that be all that matters? Like, could it really be something better than what the original idea was through someone else's input? Or is that a point at which it doesn't become my work anymore because it's too, yeah, there's too many fingers I in think, the eye, you know?
2: Yeah, that's a, that, it's hard because that's imposter syndrome. Yeah, you know, I, that's what's really hard for me about not doing something objectively, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So if, if it's music or design or whatever that is, um, I do really struggle with not you know having a point where I know that it's correct. and having other people's input does allow me, you know that validates things being right and good, and but you're right, like it is it's very hard to know if something's finished. Or good, you know, and that's a big killer for me because I, a lot of the time things don't live up to my taste Mm. and you get very angry with yourself when something isn't what you thought it was going to be. Yeah, You know, you start creating something and you're all excited about it and then turns out it's not that great and then you just want to give up and yeah.
1: Especially when you're playing with something that is emotional, like this, this yeah. album that you're talking about, there was obviously a lot of feeling that went into that. So you can almost get lost in that yeah. notion itself that, you know, there's, there's, there's too many factors at play that could be affecting how you're thinking about what it is that you're doing. And, and, and because it's so, something that's so special or sentimental to you, if it doesn't come out right, then it's, it doesn't if it doesn't replicate the feeling that you're trying to put forward then you're not yeah. going to have that. Well, I that think thing to keep you going. that was
2: a point where I feel like I was at ultimate creativity because I was so close to, you know, what I was outputting was so close to what I was feeling mm. that it just felt right anyway. Right. And I think distancing yourself from that and sort of not being in touch with your emotions as closely I think that is a reason why, you, you know, I don't believe what I'm doing a lot of the time. Because if I'm not, I, yeah, I just don't have a lot of, at the moment, like right now, I just don't have a lot of much to output, you know. Mm. There's there's nothing really going on that I feel like I need to, to get out and, and that kind of reflects what I'm trying to do at the moment creatively and it's just sort of not really working right and and so with this with this album do you think that sort of
1: was like almost a closure for you yeah. now that period of time where you were feeling that sort of emotion because you're, you're talking about now about not having a lot of idea about what to create because you don't really yeah. have a lot there's nothing burning in, in my yeah in my belly you know so so i mean could you say that you know, what you set out to accomplish initially is, is done and there's sort of like yeah. do you have that feeling of, you know, I completed that, that's done, yeah, that's ticked exactly. off Exactly.
2: Like, it was a wee, I packaged it up, put a bow on it, you know. Yeah. Some sellotape, tape. Out so, it went.
1: So what do you think is is the is gonna be the method for you now in creating music? Like is it just sort I of more know. reflection?
2: Yeah. Is that where you're stuck? Well, that's yeah. That's the hard part, because, hey, you know, do you have to be hurting to create to, you know, do you have to have (laughs) I love this conversation. Oh man, we watched um, the Alexander McQueen documentary recently Mm. and you come out the other end of it and you're like, this guy has issues, like serious issues. And that's the reason why he's so successful. And you start thinking about all of the other creative geniuses, everyone that's a little bit crazy. Yeah. But they're the ones that, like, are successful because, I mean, it's just the conversation we were just having. Like, they're they're so close to their emotions and they're hurting in some way and they're getting that out. So, you know, when you're not feeling down and you're not, well, you know, when you're sort of feeling neutral or whatever, then that's probably the hardest way to Mm. be creative. Mm. I often
1: feel like I'm doing something wrong with painting because I'm too happy with it. Everything's too yeah. Too okay with it, you know? Yeah. And that's why I, I people that will listen to this podcast know that I tend to to analyse my work too much, I think. Or at least I think that I do, or we'll talk about it so much that I still don't really have an idea of what I'm doing. But I love this conversation because I I do feel like a lot of what I have made maybe not the right choice of words, but just sort of feels invalid because it's not coming from that place of trauma or emotional sadness yeah. or something, which yeah. I feel like a lot of art, good art comes yeah. from. You know, it's it's, it's hard because you don't, you obviously don't want to jeopardise that for the sake of no. making good art. Exactly. Like yeah, obviously if As your mental health is good, it. that's what, you know, we should all strive for. Yeah. But yeah, we romanticise this idea about having – art and music and just creativity coming from something that you know you hear the story about like alexander mcqueen you see that story and you it's 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 filmed in this way i imagine yeah. it's very theatrical and, and it's very you know might make a story sound even worse than it actually is just to sort of create that feeling yeah. and then you start to go oh, okay like uh, do that's I have how to you be make good like like stuff that? yeah exactly
2: yeah and that's that's where imposter syndrome really sets in for me especially is oh god i am not like this I'm not a real creative I'm not a real artist I'm not yeah. like I'm not a creative person or like I couldn't do that or you know and I look at other people's work and I go like they're just so much better and yeah. they there's so much like they just think in a different way and but yeah it's really hard because you do beat yourself up a lot well I do mm. and I know a few of our friends do as well definitely beat themselves up But yeah, I think you've just got to let go of that idea and just, just vibe, man. That's pretty corny, isn't it? (laughs) I feel like, well, I mean. Just vibe. Yeah, in a
1: nutshell. Because, yeah, if you just, if you constantly like think that you should be doing things another way, then, you know, what are you, what are you really, what are you really setting out to do, I suppose? But like. And, and not to say that, that anyone that makes something from a place of happiness is, is not available, because that is. That's obviously, you know, that's what we want. That we, yeah. That's what we want, that kind of music. But, yeah, I don't know. I, it's it's such a, such a strange thing. I, I constantly constantly think about it. And I sort of, in turn, end up making work that is more on that spectrum. Like, mm. it, it looks like it's from a place you know, I was. I remember handing out flyers for an exhibition that I had at Agile a couple of years ago. Just little A4 ones to sort of put in sh- some shops around town. And the picture that I'd chosen for for the poster um, was just a very sort of sporadic one. I mean, those that are familiar with my, my work know what it would be like. But um, I gave it to one of the one of these shop owners who will remain nameless. But it wasn't it wasn't with any ill intent. But I took it very. I sort of had to shake my head a bit. He, I'd given it to him and he said, oh, there's something wrong with you, isn't there? Oh, dear. Um, and I just immediately, I just kind of laughed. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what am I supposed to What am I supposed to do with that information? But at the same time, like... That might have been a compliment. Well, yeah, exactly. that's what, that's sort of what our, where I was leaning. I was like, do I actually think that, of that posit- in a positive way? Because like what I'm saying about this idea of like... Uh, coming from a, a darker place or a place of sadness, whatever, um, you know, that's almost what I want it to be perceived as, yeah. um, because I I romanticise this idea, but
2: that's not the truth of it. Well, I think your imposter syndrome doesn't want you to believe that you are that person yeah, or yeah. you're actually capable of that, yeah. um, and you are, you know, you've just got to you've just got to believe. Hmm. But that, that, like that's impossible. Like I can say that a million times and never believe it. Yeah, you know, it's hard to believe
1: anything that you create for yourself, right? Like yeah. it's it's hard to. But that being said, it's it's pretty easy to create an image exactly um, for and was, yourself. That's what I
2: was gonna start talking about because yeah. is that why people you know put on this facade and yeah. they become this different person because they know that they aren't that. You know that they're not capable of of being this mm. this big artist or whatever. Yeah.
1: Well, it's a form of escapism in a way. Oh, it really I is. And when you see artists that prop up that sort of jump on this trend of music, like I just remember when Little Peeps' music was yeah. was quite popular, um, even before he passed away. Like that was that was what everyone was getting on. Was yeah. this like this whole demographic of people that were, um, you know oh, I was also emo when I was younger. I'm sort of this emo yeah. person now, so I can now jump on this yeah. trend. Yeah, And, and you know, you romanticise this idea about being this, like, sort of low-life person that, not to say that that's what Lil Pete was, but just this general sort of aesthetic, you know, you sort of, like, yeah. didn't have a good upbringing and, you know, was lonely at school and didn't pay attention, got dropped out or whatever, you know, that, yeah. that whole idea was romanticised because it's like, being a badass sort of thing and same in like hip-hop music like it's just this whole idea of being someone that you know hasn't hasn't come from a good place and they're making good art and and people will just sort of embody this whole thing whether something is true or not or at least will sort of like emphasize one aspect of their life which perhaps didn't not to invalidate anyone's story or anything but you sort of wonder like like
2: that's that's Really like traumatize you to this whole thing, exactly. like how you know, and that's when it can start to become a little bit toxic too. And yeah. and and there's specific genres of music that people will, um, you know, they'll definitely put on a brave, like put on a, a stoic kind of um, facade, and I think that becomes quite harmful for people because then they feel like they can't be their own person they mm. can't be like a, an emotional person i'm sort of talking about like i feel like in hip-hop mainly not that i know a lot about hip-hop but you know seeing artists that come out and it's so stoic and it's so like tough and strong and and you've got to be this way and then like do these are these people like that when they're at their mum's house yeah exactly yeah and are they allowing themselves to feel like that or are they you know, is it becoming toxic, and I think that yeah, it's just harmful for for people to believe that these absolutely. people are like these yeah. big strong figures
1: absolutely and, and and a lot of the younger demographic that are around those artists as well will also embody this whole thing, and I think the irony in all of it is that when you do sort of embody this this personality of of you know what we're talking about um you know it can almost have the the effect where you do end up in that position, you know, like especially when you're in a place of fame, when, when tons of people know who you are and people are talking about you online and there are pictures being posted of you at, at, without your discretion, you know, there's, there's this whole other, you know, uh, thing that's affecting that person's mental health well, and, you have and, to you have to play into it yeah exactly because when you you're doing interviews and, ate, and things yeah exactly you pretty much have to become that person and and a lot of people will say that that is you know just for example like this isn't completely true but for this artist or just just for namesake you have like you might have travis scott mm. um i forget his actual name but anyway Jack, Jack, Jack. Something. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, it's, it's
2: like French. Yeah, you almost. have
1: you have the 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 actual person. Yeah, and their their birth given name, and you have the artist name. Yeah. And a lot of people will choose to just play that character. You know, they will they will be that person when they're on stage and when they're being interviewed as that person. But then you still have other people. I've seen a lot of artists that openly talk about that that that's not who they are. Yeah. That's just the act that they play. And so I, I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but it's just interesting how some people play that part of being a musician whereas others will be that person, like their rap name or whatever is them now. It just, and that's that's who they are everywhere.
2: It just sounds hard. Yeah. You know, there's so much effort. And I think that's like the people that I love the most, I'm talking like celebrity, celebrity type people, are the ones that are, genuine and you know mm. that it's just them and their personality and and they really just aren't trying that hard to be something that they're not yeah. and i think that you can just you can smell it on someone you know if yeah. they're trying to be they're trying to like put on a put on a thing and i think that like being genuine is is something that everybody just needs to embrace definitely i find a lot of that sort of character
1: building thing that might be the, not the right phrase but that this persona aspect of music um can often be quite transparent in the music itself if you really start to analyze an artist's music like especially if there, if there's some, they're an artist that put out music quite consistently yeah um and, and 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 large amounts because like if someone's dropping albums or eps every six months there's more of them to sort of see and analyze so there's been some artists that i have sort of listened to their music and sort of gone you know, this, this doesn't really feel genuine. Like, yeah. how, how many stories of woes and things can you have in your life to put into the, all these different songs? And how much of this is actually true? How much yeah. of this is just a story you've sort of made up to create this idea around a topic or whatever event or whatever? Um, and then I also start thinking maybe people are just making songs like that for someone. That has had that that they can relate to, you know, yeah. because that's why most people listen to music or listen to listen to a certain type of music because there are themes and ideas within a song or an album or just an artist in general that they can relate to, and that's all that we, people want. It's just to be able to go, oh, they feel this way too, you know, or like, wow, someone's explaining what I feel. Like I feel validated in a way. So I think yeah. that's a huge thing. If you can accomplish that, that's cool. But then translating that back to someone that's not doing it authentically, then what's really
2: happening. I see what you're saying about people that are just pumping out music. It just becomes work. Yeah. You know, they're just doing it because they have to, you know, they feel like they have to. Or try and stay relevant. Yeah. And like I keep talking about John Mayer all the time, but I just feel like he's really just come around, you know. (laughs) He's just really become something – And that's what I'm saying about he is just himself, and he's so genuine, and he's so just like upfront about everything. And he, you know, you know who he is. He's not putting on, well, not anymore, Mm -hmm. but he's he's not putting on a character for everybody. It's just him, and you. That's what you buy into, and and that's what I'm sort of relating back to that as well. Is he just he? He took like. God, I don't even know how many years. Probably five years to release this new album. Oh, really? That's just come out, and like he, it was just because I don't know it was the position he was in, or personal life, or whatever. But like he wasn't in any rush just to like put music out because he had to, right? And I think that's, yeah, I think I idolize him a lot for that. Is just, you know, he's just a genuine, personable guy, and it, creatively, it's just. It's just a story of his life, and he's not like trying to be, yeah, he's not trying to be someone he isn't. And I, yeah, well, that's that's probably the most relatable thing of all is to look
1: at a celebrity and go, Oh, they're just they're yeah. just a person, like exactly. they're just like me, you know, oh, and they're doing this, and this you, amazing you thing.
2: You get so tired of just the whole celebrity like cover, like, yeah. you know, you just look at a person, you're like, Oh my god, what are you doing? Yeah, and like people that. Like they're literally just—they're just regular people, and they just believe that they're just in, these inflated like yeah. characters, and they know the no better. And but that's just an ego thing, I suppose.
1: Yeah. So it depends when you blow up too. Yeah. Like if you're really young, like if you sort of have this idea that you are going to be rich and famous, and you do become that, yeah. you don't even—you are you really like a normal person? You know, no. you—you've you've, your whole idea around what's. Valuable and what's important are based around being in the public eye, exactly. Which isn't exactly normal. If you're so.
2: entirely driven by fame and money, then when you get that, you're just yeah. going to be like an asshole. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And as opposed to someone who it sort of just like happens by accident or yeah. or or they earned it, you know, then mm. that's different. But yeah, I think. Well, you know, who are we to say? Well, if we, if I had. 50 million dollars in my pocket in my bank account rather and I drove a McLaren mm. and everybody knew my name they stopped me in, down the street would I be the same person I am now mm. I would probably feel a little bit less insecure I guess I'd I guess I'd be validated all the time Um, but like am I going to be happier with that I mm. don't know am I going to be more creative more you know be able to do better work probably not Mm. so yeah it's It's interesting eh yeah it'd be really
1: it'd be really fascinating to know what actually happens there exactly because you never know you
2: could say say that you could be like oh I wouldn't be an asshole if I was if I had you know a billion dollars but you I don't know I don't know what is it is it the personal is it the personality or is it the money yeah
1: money is a huge driving factor too because you know depending again how long you've you've had this income or this this amount of money on your lap you know you you start to forget if you've been in it for so long you you just well this is obviously not speaking from experience but i can imagine that like you get quite complacent with being able to buy the things you want and go to places you want want. all the time yeah so that sort of almost builds up an ego whether you whether you probably want it to or not you sort of inevitably start to think i have everything at my fingertips like literally
2: yeah and you you're you're worth you know more because you can afford this Yeah. exactly i think that's what we experience a lot with boomers isn't it Yep. they just sort of they believe that they're worth more than we are, yep. and they sort of just looking down their nose at us. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it's interesting to think because like you know that that in
1: itself is going to create huge different mindsets. Like, what are we going to be like when we are seventy plus? Yes. You know, like, yeah. are we going to start thinking about that? It's just that just something happens to like oh, when when we were young, we were free, love, fun, having people, and yeah. now there's something something other point. That's at on.
2: what point does the the switch, yeah, flick over, and now you're like a just a yeah, grumpy. grumpy person. Because <laughs> I feel like what happens throughout your life,
1: there's going to be so many things that will sort of build up in the back of your head, and or you know, ways in which you think things should be done yep. through your experience yep. and just time spent doing certain things. You know, you'll develop ways in which things should be done. Other, some people will probably go down the path of sticking to their guns and and get to a point where. They know that that's worked for them for so long, and so they continue that mindset. I feel like we're a pretty open-minded generation for the most yeah. part, and that won't be so prevalent when we get to that age. I'd well, hope so, but you, yeah, well, you still just don't know. It has a like, wee
2: puffy waffy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely.
1: Um, I I do wonder what boomers were like at our age. I know, you know, like what what was the mindset there? Surely, when you're young, I guess unless it's sort of, um, I was going to say beaten to you, but you know drawed into you, I suppose, from your parents when you're younger about <laughs> yeah. the way in which things should be done, because that's where I feel like that a lot of that comes from. It's like that's the way you're taught and and that's, yeah. you know, there's a lot more
2: aggression in parenting back then. Yeah. Well it is just different. It's just generational ideals, I suppose. Like, um yeah, I mean like the way that our parents were raised is definitely not how we would raise our children. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I think I don't know. I don't know if they're grumpy because they're angry at life and what happened to them. I think it's just, I think it's, they've just worn down. And I think know, a lot of
1: the regrets race. start to think in, sink in yeah, exactly. when they're that age too. Like, mm-hmm. what did I not do in my twenties? Like, what should I have done in my thirties? Like, I should have done this when I was younger. Yep. And, and you know, it's, 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 it's easy to say, like, you shouldn't think like that. But if you dwell on your regrets, then... You know, you're living in the past, really. Like, yeah. if you're not, if you're not thinking forward to what can be, what you can be doing now, as opposed to what you should have
2: done, then yeah. you're you're going to end up just like that. Yeah, I often get too existential and think like, why? Like, I don't know. I think I just get so anxious about wasting time. Mm. And now turning 25, it's like, oh, it's just there. It goes. I yeah. can watch it. It's so quick. You know, and like every day is so fast and it's like oh man did I actually do anything today that gave me joy made me Mm. happy and got me excited because like how many times at our age do you get that like butterfly exciting feeling inside of you and I was like I've been telling people like you've just got to really you got to try so hard to have such a good day Mm. and it used to just come so easy and that sounds very very upsetting but that's the truth, but but I, the truth
1: I I relate to that
2: completely. You've got to try so hard and I could definitely be trying harder because you know, I want to get that feeling. Yeah. You know, I want to feel excited by everything and but I think that's what what it is for sort of that um middle-aged generation now is that they've just been become so complacent mm. with this is, you know, just wake up, go to work. Eat lunch, yeah. come home, yeah. make dinner, yeah, watch TV for a few hours. Yeah. And then go to sleep and do it again. And it's just Groundhog Day and I think that really wears people down. Definitely. And there's nothing that's making them excited and giddy. Mm. And, you know, I think I think that's super important to make sure that you're getting that. Definitely. Because the happiest people in life are definitely the ones that are actually actively trying to be that way. Yeah. Yeah, and I think we'll
1: see a lot of that with our generation growing yep. up too. I think there's there's a movement for um, working towards a life where you don't have to work that nine to five yep. lifestyle. You yep. live that nine to five lifestyle, um, and you can make a living from the things that you make, and you can you can make a living from sitting in front of your computer all day at home. You know, there's the things are changing. Or standing, yes, or standing. Yep. standing, standing, standing desks. <laughs>
2: Yeah. we should all be getting those. We should be standing right now. Why are we sitting down? That would be good. That'd be funny. I I would get so tired though. Like I I get
1: the idea of a standing desk, but I feel like I feel like all these. I'm no obviously no physician, but I feel like the best posture is just movement. Like oh yeah, the best sitting thing you is can the do. new smoking. Yeah, I feel like head. like you could sit as properly as you think is proper. But yeah. if you sit that way for 2 hours, you're going to have just as much, much pain <laughs> as impossible. you were before, you know? It just doesn't yeah. happen that way. But anyway, what were we talking about?
2: Um just lifestyle, man. Yeah, um not being sedentary. Uh, I I I feel like yeah, I was going to say I I feel like I do
1: worry about the way that I think about life sometimes or like my sort of methodologies and ideas around how I should be treating the days that come the yeah. weeks that come the tasks that are at hand yeah um i've had this thing recently where um instead of feeling obligated to do a task if i don't feel like doing it at the time unless it has to be done for whatever reason um like if there's a deadline or you know it's something to do with whatever something important something important. then then i'll just go well i don't feel like doing that today yeah. i'm not going to do it why push myself into something that, like so, like painting in particular, I might think that I have to, you know, I've only got, um, I say only, it's more than more than most in the working world, but I have three days off during the week. Yeah. So during those three days, I'm thinking, well, I should probably be in the studio painting. Mm-hmm. So I have this obligation to myself that I feel like I should do that task. And when I first got the studio, that was pretty much all I was doing. I worked my four days and then three days, a row i'd be here yeah nine to five painting doing whatever in the studio yeah because i thought i owe it to myself to do that yeah and you know i'm paying rent here so i feel like if i don't go here for one week then it's just a waste of my money exactly yeah um and recently i've been like well no, like if I if I get up one day and I can, if, I did it the other day. I came here with the idea that I was going to paint, started painting, and it just and I was like, I actually don't want to do this, so but I stopped and 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 left it. And I think, I think that's important for for me now to 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 be doing that to not to not force myself into something that I feel like I should be doing. Um, but then I start to think, well, maybe I do need to be jam packing as much as I can into what i'm doing now at this age you know doing as much as i can because like i'm starting to really think about what i should be doing while i'm in my 20s how much other people do in their 20s and what i haven't even accomplished le- yet like i've barely left in eden like my whole life oh, like neither i yeah. feel like it's something that i need to do yeah um now you know yeah but, same. but i'm so now caught in this sort of cycle of I guess I'm just comfortable where I am. Mm-hmm. This is sort of trailing off from my original thought. But, yeah, point being is just I don't want to force myself to do something that I don't want to do. Yeah. And I worry if that's a good thing or a bad thing.
2: Well, I don't know. There's an element of you do have to be pushing yourself to get something mm. done. And if, it, you know, your end goal was to paint 25 paintings, then, of course, you've got to push yourself to yeah. do it. But at the same time, there's no real reason to do something if you just really don't want to do it. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I mean, six and one half a dozen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's. I don't know. I, it's tricky because we don't really have the answers. You know, it's all sort of speculation until you've experienced that. I all also that time has passed. Don't
2: believe anyone has the answers. No, everyone's in the same boat, and I r- try so hard not to think about what other people are doing in their twenties and what I should be doing. Like what. At twenty five, what should I have done mm. by now mm. that I haven't done? What have I missed out on? That's the worst one because it's like, oh God, like I didn't do this. Like, am I less of a less experienced than everyone else? Or and and you're right because I haven't left Eden yet, mm. and I've never really felt the need to until this year. Basically, I've thought oh, man, like I've got to get out. I've got to do something else. Maybe it's a 25. I think, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'd love to just like live somewhere else. I think, I just think that would be awesome because you do get stuck in a routine and and routines can be good, but routines can be shitty as well. It's just boring. Yeah. You know, especially in the middle of winter, it's like, Oh, again I have to get up. Like yeah. my alarm's going off. And, <laughs> oh God. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's why making the most of your time off, your three days off is I think that's important. But don't I wouldn't push yourself either because yeah. you're just gonna end up like hating it or you're gonna end up being like I don't want to be here. This is shitty, and yeah. and and you're not going to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. I feel yeah. like that's where I am. Just uh, not the
1: feeling shitty part, but you know, yeah. just like knowing that I I should be doing as much as I can now, but not not forcing myself into anything. And I think I think that's is good for me now. I don't know whether it's something that's you know how it's going to turn my art career, so to speak, if at all. But yeah, I don't know. I I another thing I think about a lot is is how much time I'm spending on that, yeah. creating something or doing something sort of for myself in my own capacity, um, you know, to share with people. Uh, you know, should I be prioritizing that over spending time with friends and family? Mm-hmm. Because that's another thing I feel like is slipping away from me. I feel like there's, um, you know, actually just like, because I'm such a homebody at the moment, like yeah. pretty much all I do is, is spend my time here and at home with my flatmates. And yeah. even then I don't spend a lot of time with them. Yeah. I'm not sort of making plans to see people. And I feel like I should be starting to put more focus on that because yeah. I really find the times that you're more gratified and happy, at least for me, is when I'm with people, but I never yeah. action that. So I, yeah. I don't know what that is. And trying to trying to change that up is quite difficult because there's so much anxiety that comes through interacting with people and and just meeting up with with people for coffee or whatever you know that's it's a hard thing to to try and do for yourself because you're the the beauty I've found in working on my own and for myself not actually working like in terms of like um, um getting paid or anything but just doing what I want to be doing at my own time that has been great in itself um but I've almost got too co- comfortable with it yeah so in turn it's sort of like flipped my whole social life sort of on its head where now I just sort of was so caught up in the happiness that doing stuff by myself and being by myself brought me that and now I'm sort of lost touch with that other side and I feel like I need to have more of that to feel more fulfilled especially while I'm young you know.
2: Well I think that it kind of ties into what we were doing in 2017 and I use my social time with my friends as motivation for me to go back home and do something. Yeah, right. Like that's sort of the biggest thing for me is seeing all my friends and hanging out with them and hearing about what they've done or listening to their new music or seeing their art and all that kind of stuff. That really motivates me to go and actually do it because mm. without being social like that and without actually talking to people, I I do like yeah, I just sort of I guess I just sort of shy away and and don't do as much. Mm. So I think Yeah, for me, that's a really important part of my process, I suppose, is is actually being with other people, Mm. being social and sort of experiencing. I get a lot of pleasure out of other people doing cool stuff Mm. too, you know. Like I really, really enjoy when everyone else is sort of – they're really motivated and they're really happy to do, you Mm. know, doing what they're doing and Mm. like – yeah, it's, it just makes me happy when, like, if I feel like I can mo- motivate someone as well. Like, I'll often, you know, talk to people about what they're doing and and how they're feeling and all that kind of thing. And then sort of maybe I don't really, like, follow that up for myself. And mm. but yeah. It's hard to take your own advice. Isn't exactly. It? Yeah, and I hate being, like, I don't know. I don't want to be, like, the... The wise guy and then sort of not really. Well, like you say before, there's
1: no one has all the answers, you know. Like it's it's what's right for you is really only right for you a lot of the time. Like there's not a method to everyone's madness, you know. There's not a there's not the answers for everyone else's happiness. Everyone works in different ways. What will make someone else happy might be really bad for someone else. Yeah. So I try to keep that mindset. I feel like I'm definitely a person that Um, has a way of doing things and and feel like a lot of those things whether it's just daily tasks or just sort of big picture things i feel like they're quote-unquote the right way to do it yeah but i know that's just for me but it's hard for me sometimes to to not portray that or put that onto someone else you know whether it's just like the way to wash a dish properly or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. like I feel like you've got to, you got to really get in there and, you know, do it like this. Otherwise you're not going to have the dish washed. Whereas, you know, someone, exactly. I, I, I feel like <laughs> even in that small capacity, I don't have the answer. Like that's just my way of doing it. So I, I often will sort of immediately sort of start to tell someone how to do something exactly. and then sort of have to stop myself and go, well, maybe in this case it's yeah. not the
2: way to do it. And it's hard to do sometimes. That's, what i've felt too i mean like yeah i'll sort of be preaching to someone and be like oh are they actually gonna you know is this actually what they want to hear yeah and that's also part of my own self-discovery too is learning how other people do things and going oh i should try that absolutely and, and that's also um like the imposter syndrome is like i'm not doing this the right way or like i've sort of taken to recently um understanding that sort of in order to be the most creative you got to sort of do things the wrong way. Mm-hmm. Um so I've been kind of trying to do that in in small little pockets like just in music, I mean, just sort of like using equipment the wrong way yeah. and seeing how that how that comes out. And yeah, and that's like quite exciting. But yeah, taking your own advice is very very hard. Yeah. Yeah. Do you First question. I've got two questions. Yeah. First question, do you wash your plates before you put them in the dishwasher? Uh I'll give them a rinse, yeah. A rinse. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
1: honestly, in my case my dishwasher is crap, so I kind of you need have to. to do it anyway, yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Cause like, yeah. I don't know. Different. A just know a lot of people don't. Just chuck yeah, them just in. Just chuck in it straight dirty. in. That's yeah. horrifying to yeah. me.
1: I try and I've I'm so lazy. Like I I know what I should be doing with that. I know that I should just put my dishes straight in the dishwasher or just wash them, but they just sit on the bench. Like I, I know what I should be doing. And I know that's the right way to do things. And if I was going to tell someone else how to do that thing, I would say, "Yeah, just you just wash it then
2: and there, and then you have no mess, and you don't have to worry about it." Do you think? You, I still. Do you think your flatmates go, "Oh, Karen's lifters." Is- yeah. Play on the
1: bench, yeah, no again. doubt. But they do it too, you know. We're all, <laughs> yeah. we're all playing a okay. game yeah. here, you know. It's just—it's so funny how that works, and like, it's so funny how like those chores that you you have in a, as an adult start to become like chores. Yeah. Well, you know, there's sort of one thing I found when I started flatting was that I got, you know, I almost preferred doing my own dishes on my own time yeah. than I just being told to do them at home. So through uh, not having been yeah. told to do the dishes, I'd be like. Oh yeah this is Oh if you get told to do, to do something that
2: you're about to do you don't want to do it. Oh absolutely that's not. the rule. That's yeah. written in exactly. the stone. Exactly. Exactly. Um but like how how annoyed do you get at other people doing things that you would just do, you know? If know. like you just be like oh I'm just going to leave my dishes on here. I'm, yeah. I'm not going to do it yet. But then you just get so grumpy at people that do the same thing.
1: <laughs> it's so ironic isn't it? Because yeah. again we can't take our own advice. Like there's always a i don't know what that is where we just we see something else doing something and we know that's not right but there's a when there's always an exception for yourself go, yeah, you know yeah. like you make dinner and then all the dishes stay there like oh well, i'll just eat my my dinner first and then I'll, I'll do the dishes later and then you, you know you didn't you go, go oh, well, I'll do them in the morning yeah. I'm going to do them but you know there's that an- anxiety and, yeah. and, and then the other person's like, oh, thinking oh. well they've left their dishes yeah. they're, they're lazy and then it's like well no I was actually going to do them but you know <laughs> if it, if you saw someone else walking away from doing their then you'd be like why Hi. aren't you doing your dishes like you know what's happening yeah and this is, this is all metaphorical, metaphorical if you want to think of it that way like you can relate that to no it I'm thinking movies. strictly dishes <laughs> So, That's mate. Yeah. But it's funny how our brains work, you know, with, with that yeah. sort of me- mentality. Like I this is sort of the point I was trying to talk about before. Like I I will be so compelled in that case to tell someone how to do something. Yeah. Because I think it's the right way to do it. But why can't we why can't we take our own advice? Like what is that? We have so much we never, when any there's anything that comes to ourselves and what we do, we just have this immediate like negative.
2: Yeah, I just think aspect. that we're I don't know, maybe maybe this isn't true But I believe That there's some like self-deprecating Like Wiring in our brain <laughs> You know, like we just I don't know, I just feel like I'm bred to be negative all the time mm. Which is like Sad, it's so sad And that I guess that's just part of, you know That's why you have to try so hard to Be happy yeah. and, and live a good life Yeah Um. When you're, I know when you're making, when I'm making music and if I, if something's like really resonating and I'm like, oh my God, this is awesome. And you get that like excitement that you just want to keep doing and you're going to listen to it on, on a loop, like a four bar loop for yeah. like 20 minutes and you're like, oh my God, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. Do you get that painting? Because I mean, it's just so far from my reality mm. is, you know, working, working with color and and that kind of thing but do you do you feel that um you get on a wave and be like holy shit this painting's awesome i'm not (laughs) gonna stop and you just like flow state get it done it's Mm -hmm. like the best
1: uh yeah yeah no yeah i would i would say that's the case i guess from dabbling in music myself sort of that relationship specifically what you're talking about is quite different yeah um because I feel like music does bring out more of sort of that personal emotion when you hear something you made and you can loop it. Yeah. And, you know, that feeling like that actually happened to me last night, the yeah. first time and I just sort of got into EFL studio again and just made yeah. a little loop. And I just sat there for a while just sort of listening to it and quite got quite happy with it and sort of sat back and was just on my phone just listening to this, yeah. Yeah. this loop back and forth. And that feeling is quite different to what happens when I'm painting. Yeah. But with, with painting, um, often... If I get to that spot where I sort of step back and go, this is looking really, really nice. I'm yeah. really happy with this. It's not, it's often not, I'm going to keep going. It's often I'll stop. Yeah. And, and wonder whether it's, that's sort of my, I guess, point where I'm going, is it
2: finished now? Yeah. You're checking in with yourself you know? at that point. Yeah. Yeah.
1: There's different. Defi- there's definitely, um, different paintings will, will bring out different, feelings, um, and depends what's what's happening with them. There can be times when I'm just sort of painting until it's finished. There's not necessarily yeah. a really gratifying part of it, but I can look at something and go, this needs more to it. And then we'll often just sort of get to a point, okay, it's it's done. Yeah, um, To a point that I'm happy with, but I'm not always as excited about that particular painting, whereas there'll be other ones where colour schemes are working really well or the figure's looking the way that I want it to, and it's sort of, I don't know... The only explanation for um, me being happy with something is just it just it just looks good in my brain. That's the only or
2: factor it, that's it's coming. It turned play. out exactly the way you wanted it to. Yeah. Well, well or, is there an unknown yeah, when you're that's, painting?
1: That's 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 the thing for me. It, it is the unknown. I, I don't have a picture in my head when I start to paint. So, mm. I guess what you're the um, what you're asking sort of is is that in itself, where the it, it's all coming together sporadically. Um, There's obviously a method to the application, but in terms of what is actually forming, that is sort of that similar excitement to what you're talking about with having that loop sort of feeling. Yeah, and I I think
2: that's like where creativity lies is like that line between control and the unknown, you know, the the known and the unknown. and, And that's, yeah, the ultimate expression, I think, is when it's sort of like half subconscious. Yeah. You know like you're not really in charge of what you're doing it's kind of just coming out yeah um, which is actually quite hard to do yeah. a lot of the time you've really got to be in, in like a in a certain spot to be able to achieve that
1: yeah definitely' there's, there's the process f- for me um, often if, if I was to, if I was to define like if I'm getting on a roll or there's something that is starting to click and I am sort of continuously painting um that usually comes sort of towards the end of it so often everything will build up on the canvas it's all there's color everywhere it's it's completely covered and there's a general image there yeah and it's only when i start to um because it's so a lot of what i'm doing is so expression-based quite literally and just the movement and what i sort of i guess want it to feel like those movements that i'm happening it's usually it's usually just i've got a cloth or brush in my hand and i'm picking up paint and i'm doing a i'm doing yeah. a quick something to to get some color on there some real vivid aggressive movements mm. on there and then those times i can feel like i'm on a roll i can make one and go oh that was good yeah another one oh oh that was good yeah and then i'll do a couple more and it, it might just that that's gives me that feeling that's like holy crap i'm making all these movements and mm-hmm. it's coming together better than i could imagine yeah and then there's other times the the hardest part about my process and and what I find with painting is that can be the most detrimental thing. So I can go, oh that was good, oh that was good, fuck, fuck, fuck,
2: fuck, fuck, I but fucked it up, you know. <laughs> you can paint over there, can not you? Surely. Yes, Surely. yes, I can. And you just go. But I don't know. I feel like you it's, can just. Treat yeah, it's, it it's
1: circumstan. It's circumstantial. Like yes, yes, I can. Jeez, double cough. I, I can, awesome, right? I, can <laughs> I can paint over it. That is the reality. But there are times when having to do that is a real pain in the ass because yeah. I might have a really thin dried layer of of paint somewhere. Like like here I might have, say, where the red is. That might be all the way that I want it. But yeah. if I do like a random stroke of black, you know, a really heavy aggressive stroke somewhere on top of that red and it's not right, getting rid of that. And leaving the red that was there before is near, is, is near right? just an impossible task and it'll look completely different. So there are times when it's like, oh, I've, I've, I've fucked it up, like I'm going to have to make something new now, you know, and that's that can just completely flip me <coughs> oh God. on my head, you know. I, yeah. I can I can just go, okay, well, I'm, I'm not enthused about painting anymore and we'll leave it. Throw the towel in. Yeah. But I suppose it can happen with music too, but the beauty of a computer, if you're doing it that way, at least how I've been doing it, is you can control Z something. Exactly. You know? I can't do that with a painter.
2: And that is um, something too, when you sort of, sometimes you exhaust your creativity and you go, how can I do this differently? And it's like what I was talking about, using things the wrong way. And there's a bit of a, it's not a competition, but me and um, Damo are having a bit of a, like a let's buy all of this like outboard gear mm. and try like just do things differently than we've done it before. And, and he's, purchase quite a lot of stuff and I'm like getting there too. But just like, just to make music in a different way, I think is exciting because you do get stuck in the, in the box, like quite literally inside the box in the um, computer and (laughs) there's nothing, to really there's no knobs there's nothing to touch there's nothing to manipulate if you can physically manipulate sound or whatever i think that's quite exciting yeah so that's like a that's a wee journey that we're sort of um going on which is pretty fun and i think but that's what's so nice about painting is it is entirely tangible and mechanical and you know you can't really like you can't like
1: digitally recreate that or whatever. Yeah. I think, I think d- definitely the computer was something that I think stopped me from really trying to express something with music, um, because it was all reliant on a certain way to to do something. If you wanted to create an automation, you had to know where to go in your door to do yeah. that thing. Um, you know, and there, there was so many limitations with me with this big program not. Ha- from, for someone that doesn't know how to play any instruments yeah. or sing, all I was doing was just beat making. So everything is done on the computer for yeah. me. So everything was reliant on a way in which to do something and I wasn't able to conquer that. And so I think that's why I really flourished with painting was because it was all physical, mechanical, yeah. like in front of your eyes, movements and patterns and things that I have complete control of in a movement that's natural to me. You know, Yeah.
2: And then, like, there is... But there's that aspect to music too, of course. Yeah. And I think, like, working on a computer, and this is, like, obviously where the world is right now and where it's going to continue to go is just technology. There, There's endless availability of, of storage and space and, and, and things to manipulate digitally, but also you are still limited by the fact that you can't just, like make a weird little tweak somewhere Mm. you know that just sort of the the unique joy and the flaws of like an actual like a physical piece of hardware or something like that I mean we're still talking music but like like a guitar pedal or whatever you know inside the computer sure you can make it sound way wackier and weirder and, and just completely send it up the wazoo but also like you're just limited by that sound and yeah. sort of that like less human element to it i think so yeah that's like that's kind of the where the journey is is heading is is to just make it more like analog i suppose yeah. there's still a little a,
1: a of structure in and around music as well. I still, I still can't really wrap my head around the fact that there are keys and chords and notes and everything yeah. that there's, you know, points on a guitar, at which one, you know, will play a certain note mm-hmm. and another place will play something else. Yeah. But there's, there is something in between, but there's also not, that's you why know, you play like the drums,
2: mate. You don't have to worry. Yeah, about yeah, yeah exactly. Just I, st- I still
1: haven't, I still can't come to grips with it. Like I, yeah. it's, it's so crazy how it has been sort of broken down into this formula. Yeah. Whereas, Sound itself is is really like there's everything in between, but we're still. Are we really going to
2: get into physics now? I mean, (laughs) maths and physics. (laughs) I think you're the best person to talk about this with. Yeah, not not literally. Not the best person. No, but but, you know, in this moment, in this room, I think. I
1: guess I guess we could like talk specifically more about how that affects something creatively and sort of the organics like we we're talking about with how like a paint stroke can be two paint strokes are never the same. Yeah. But two A chords could be the same, you know. So, well, like they the they thing, have this, they register sort of the same.
2: And in, in a computer that's like entirely accurate every time. Yeah. Everything is correct. Which is crazy. Which is great because I love that. Mm. If it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. And that's awesome. That's like, I need that. But maybe for me, being more creative involves having a little bit of in between. You know, grey area, I think is is good. But that's what creativity is, is grey area. Like, there is no objectivity to... What you're doing, sure. And I think we've just found about five different ways to say that one yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we have. It's funny because we always we always cycle
1: back to that point, though. Like I love yeah. when you have a big discussion about something like this, and then it all sort of boils down to one sentence, you know. And that it always like, is usually yeah. the same thing. Oh, uh-huh. uh, we'll fuck it. We'll just we'll do what we want. You know? Yeah. <laughs> I
2: don't know. Well, if we want to talk about something objective, I'll tell you that my journey into coding has been a struggle and also something quite fun. Yeah, right. And I think it's something that a lot of people should do. It's awesome. It's great. I've I've I,
1: I don't know if what I've really done in that sphere counts, but um it's sort of laughable. But when I was on Tumblr, yes. My experience with I mean, I don't really know even what you define coding as, but or like all I think of when we talk about this and how I can sort of start to feel like I'm understanding what you're saying in this conversation is that I had to manipulate the HTML of my blog to get things the way that I'm looking. So I'm familiar with the sort of general layout of things. But we were talking before we started this about how you're sort of transition into this world of, of website development. Yeah sort of is similar to how you look at music and like, yeah. you like the, you like the aspect of having a way in which to do things and, and it's, and you can get that, you can complete that and, and that sort of that satisfaction. So this is obviously something that's been brought out of you again with this coding. Yeah.
2: Correct? Well, I mean, it's taking me, it's taken me until like this year to be able to articulate to myself what I need and what, yeah and like that sort of structure like i mean yeah it has taken me a while to figure that out because for me just yeah it's just the objectivity of it is just like satisfying and it's it's just building something in the computer hmm. because like i mean i like building i like creating like little woodwork things as well and so that's just the same thing for me in the computer um yeah I guess it's just a, it's a personality of mine, and yeah. I didn't even realize that until this year. You know, It's so
1: cool that when you find those things out about yourself,
2: and that's why yeah. it's so important to try new things. But it's, you it's always been a thing. Like, why? Like, why am I like this? Why am I not like this person? Right? Why, and it's not not a bad thing. It's just like why. Oftentimes, it's why do I need this done a particular way, or why do I care so much about? Right that or me just wishing that i like was a little bit more careless or just more free or just like i don't know is that anxiety
1: i don't know yeah i mean some would consider it that i feel like anxiety as a whole is is split into a lot of different narratives that people will talk about in different ways whether it's small scale stuff big scale stuff but that's yeah, I would say so. Yeah. But you know, this is obviously something that um fits in your field, I suppose. This yeah. is something um that brings out an aspect of you that you can just relate sort of things that you've already known about yourself into this other thing. Yeah. And it and it just it just makes sense and yeah. obviously it's it's a gratifying thing for you to do. It's it's translatable.
2: Yeah, so I'm building websites now that's that's it. That's it's weird for me to say that because, you know my, I think Well, the same with all of us. We're just like constantly discovering something about ourselves or trying to figure it out. And that's Mm. what being young is, is figuring out yourself and what you love and what you don't love and how you work I think is really important as well. And that's something that I'm still learning. Mm. But um, yeah, like now it's at a point where it's like, okay, I've kind of figured it out and that's like really satisfying. And often like people will figure it out like, at school or at university or when they're traveling or anything like that. Or sometimes they don't figure it out at all Mm. and that's okay. But like, yeah, it's like a milestone almost. Yeah. I feel
1: like, do you think that you're going to end up in a place where you're doing what you've found is the thing that you do and you do well, like for a long period of time, or do you think you're going to venture into different sort of avenues of life as you get older like at least in what you can perceive your own life to yeah. turn out like. I don't know. Like, do I, you think this is this is now an avenue? I feel like with you, music and that is always going to be something that yeah. you have.
2: It's always just going to be there, I think. And like, I really struggle to think about the future. Um, I just have no idea what's going to happen mm. at all. I can't even think a year into the future. I just sort of, I just kind of go with it. Really, yeah. I think. Um, and that's kind of nice like i just i'm not that worried about the future at all i'm worried about what i'm doing at any given moment but not like tomorrow yeah you know so i've got no idea what i'm gonna do at the moment this is like fun this is great yeah but like who who can really predict what's going to happen like with this Pandemic as well. Is, mm. it's just kind of throwing a spanner in the works. Definitely, definitely. You know, and like what something like that's probably going to happen again. Well, not something like that, but you know, things in life just keep throwing throwing curveballs. It's not just yeah. a straight walk. And this park. is
1: this is probably like a this will be something that opens up something else down the line. Like I don't yeah. think we're in the clear once this passes. You know, which is a shame. But yeah, like people have had to put their their life on hold for yeah. the most part. Um, through this which is a shame because some people do have sort of a, a plan as to what they're going to be doing at certain times of their lives and I'm, I'm very much like you in that I don't really like to think too much about the future. I sort of have this thing that I feel like um, there's a there's definitely a term for this but I, I have this saying that I constantly will tell myself in my head that sort of like gets me past any anxieties of things yeah. um, which is – oh well it won't matter when i'm rich and famous i always say that to myself and and it's kind of just ironic now and yeah. i don't genu- gen- genuinely believe that that is going to be the truth because yeah. you know i'm not a super super hard worker you know what what is what is it that's going to make me rich and famous but that little sentiment is enough to sort of make me laugh at myself yeah. and stop to worry about things because i can put anyway. like i'm like constantly saying like am i going to be able to buy a house Mm -hmm. at this age or whatever and i'll go oh it won't matter because when i'm rich and famous i'll be able to buy a house and i don't know if that's detrimental to my thinking but it's enough to make me just stop worrying about that thing for now um and so it's 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 sort of been yeah again i think it's i think it's sort of a a, just a funny little thing to have that just keeps me sort of on the straight and narrow but you know i i do think that um it's a. It's important more than anything to just focus in on what you're doing now. Um, I've been sort of brought up with the mentality that, um, you know, this isn't a negative thing, but just just that you know there should be ways in which to do things in certain points of your life that you should you know you should get your driver's license now when you're this age because yeah. you're going to need that for when you get a job and you're going to have to get a job as soon as you can because then you're going to pay the bills for when you go flatting and then when you go flatting you're going to find that you want a house. So you know, so it's like I'm trying to. I have that in me that is ingrained in yeah. me to have yeah. that that thought process. Okay, I need to be prepared for when this happens. Yeah. But there's more more of me is saying just do what you like doing now. Exactly. And there's,
2: there's yeah. a sensible option and then there's just like a boring option. Yeah. You know. Like there is an element that you, you sort of you you do have to subscribe to that in yeah. a way. At some point, you've got to. I guess, yeah. You've you've got to make money. That's just the world we live in. You have to do that. Yeah. You have to get a job. You have to be able to pay these things, and and life costs money. Yeah, and that's what it's about. Um, but yeah, at what point do you go? I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to live like this. I want to do something else. Um, like, but like, what opportunities do you give yourself to do exactly? That? Like, what are you exactly. going to do? You know,
1: it's hard, man. I think a lot of us us being our generation, sort of relying for, this is not to speak for anyone, but I just sort of feel like, at least for me, i really narrowed that down, Um, that (laughs) I I feel like, (laughs) I feel like that, you know, I'm sort of living by thinking that something's just going to fall into my lap at some point. Yeah, sometimes it it just does. Sometimes it will, for some people it will. Um, There might become a point in your life where you come into a large amount of money through, you know, Lotto. Reefman, lotto, whatever. Big Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, think, I mean, someone wins that eventually, right? You know, it's it's possible. Yeah. But, you know, I shouldn't be living on that thought. But, you know, I just I'm, – I'm exactly like what you're saying. You know, I, I I love to be creative as I can and live as frugally as I can and, mm-hmm. and you know, sort of have this fun, pretty little lifestyle, you know, yeah. that I'm living in my 20s. But I'm constantly thinking, well, how can I be a full-time artist – and still pay my bills. How can I not have this job that I'm in at the moment and exactly. get by and feed myself? You know, yeah. like it just it never quite works. I'm I'm never at a point where I'm like, fuck it all. I'm moving to New Wellington. York Wellington. yeah, oh, whatever. Uh, Wellington. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> she, we'll
0: <see> hey, <laughs> yeah.
1: And just you know, and and forgetting it all and starting a new life and and crashing on my mate's couch while I get paint and you yep. know live. You know. That's the dream, but it's not feasible. So I'm constantly pulling that down. But does that that sound
2: fun to you? Well, this is an interesting point because not knowing. Yeah,
1: I've had so many people say to me, "Oh, you need to move here. You need to move this. You need to see this." And I'm always going, "Yeah, probably. I probably would be fantastic. I know it would be great. I would definitely enjoy it." But you know, do I want do I want to do that right now? I feel like I'm pretty happy where I am. You know, but then. Mm. But then that being said, it's like you you don't always know what's on the other side. No, you the don't The grass is sometimes greener. And sometimes. Yeah. And it's like what what are you am I wasting my time making these decisions about where I need to be and what I'm doing? Or am I am I okay and thinking that what I'm doing now is, is enough? Yeah. You know?
2: And I think your little cue to yourself about, you know, this nothing this isn't gonna matter when I'm rich and famous. Yeah. yeah. To me, it's this Fear Like ultimate fear That I'm just gonna die mm. And it's like Oh god I'm gonna die Yeah And I don't know When that's gonna be Yeah that's, that's But like You have thing. to keep telling yourself Well I have to keep telling myself That I think this is more well, Maybe I've just done it to myself But it's like Why are you Not Why are you Lying in bed right now mm. Doing nothing Yeah What if you died tomorrow Like is this gonna be Your last day on earth Just Being a bum Yeah like open the curtains get outside get up early you know absolutely go and get a go walk to the cafe you know yep there's one right down the street yep go and get one and like and it's the little things like that yeah just make your day feel so much better oh yeah and like we were just talking about that before weren't like getting up early the sun's coming through the window and you've had a coffee and it's like wow this is like day begin yeah and like that's (laughs) it's what's satisfying about working a nine to five is that you are up and productive all the time. Mm -hmm. Like you're sort of, you're subscribing to that getting up early and and having a coffee and doing all that stuff. But it's also like you're kind of going and doing something you don't really want to do. So it's about subscribing to that time allocation in the weekend as well. Mm. I think that's something that a lot of people don't do. And I definitely don't do, which I should is actually, yeah, just like sort of, yeah it's just it all boils down to actually just like making the effort yeah. and you get too lazy and it's like yeah
1: i've been using that as a tool for sort of getting through my my work is is thinking about the fact that this is a chance for me to get up early and do yeah. what i want to be doing on my own time yeah. and something that i realized i'm currently up two weeks um on a two weeks holiday at the moment and this this time has really sort of shown me that i can't like implement that implement that for myself I, yeah. you know setting an alarm for every day of the week because I want to get up early doesn't work five days of the week you know yeah. it's it's some days yep easy up I'm good to go and then other days oh, I don't actually
2: have to do anything today so yeah. I'm going to sleep another well, hour and that just like builds up and builds up that's that discovery of of figuring out how you work more so mm-hmm. than what you want to do Yeah, I think that's equally as important Um, but yeah you're right like it's just impossible to get out of bed early, you know, all the time. And you think, and you get up, and you're like, actually, what? What am I actually going to do? Because mm. yeah, yeah, like you can. I, mean, I think just going outside is important Definitely. in the morning. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that's the one. Another thing that
1: I have found about the place I'm living at the moment is I don't, I don't really have that opportunity. Like, of course, I do. I can leave the house anytime I want, yeah. but I can't just sit on the deck or go out the back Well, someone sit on the balcony. That's you know, what's like.
2: awesome about you having a separate studio space is you can leave. Yeah. Or like you have to go outside and walk through this this city. Yeah. Um to get here. You know, and you're not just sort of like staying in your bedroom or just moving into the lounge or whatever. You actually have to just kind of interact with the world yeah. a little bit. Which is super important. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. 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 There's there's definitely beauty
1: in that and something that I have found has been really good and just my general mental health is, is having the place to get up and go to. Yeah. I think that's the biggest driving factor for getting up early on any given day is knowing that you're going to go somewhere. Even if it's just going for a walk, you know, like, right, I'm going to get up and go for a walk today. That's super hard in itself, but yeah. at least you've got somewhere to go. You're not just getting up early for the sake of being up because there's been a couple of mornings in this break that I've just got up early and haven't actually done anything at all. Yeah. Just sit in front of my computer all day and then waste that time doing nothing anyway that i could have just been sleeping and so it's it's sort of a vicious cycle i think at least for me laziness it just always creeps back in some way or another i
2: know and like what is wasting time really because you're just like spending your time doing something comfortable and like is it really a waste of time i don't know yeah. I mean I Do you I have do... to be do you have to be productive all the time? That's that's the thing. And and we all kick ourselves for not being productive all the time. Like I probably the thing sp- is like you
1: can you can have someone that is super productive six, seven days a week Yeah, doing what they do. And I guess I'm talking specifically here about a creative person, someone that makes art in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Um That person can be working harder than anyone and make so much work, and you know, post something every day on social media, whatever it is that they do that they consider to be productive, and 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 do that for the rest of their life. Mm. Someone else could be productive one or two days of the week, even just like an hour a day, and their work could be picked up by someone that really enjoys that and they their career can can go off like that you know there's no there's no answer to that either yeah. i think like and that's why i'm sort of living by this rule of if i don't feel like doing it don't do it yeah. because whatever opportunity that's going to come my way um if any at all will just be through my approach and my attitude towards what i do if, yeah. if that makes sense yeah i do understand the mentality of like if you want something you have to work hard to achieve it um but i just i find that i don't i yeah. don't work hard because i like spending some of my time relaxing because exactly. I just well, that, at least now.
2: But that's like, you can still do that, but I think it's at the point where if you're like, I should be doing something else. Yeah. Or like you're genuinely putting something off, you know, that that's, that's the waste of time. Yeah. I think it's procrastination. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When you have tasks at hand. Yeah. The best way to relieve your anxiety about a task is to complete do it. A task. You know? Exactly. And that's, and that, can be the hardest thing i think like i find once i start doing something it's fine yeah whatever it is whether it's a chore or something that i want to do once i'm in it yeah i'm just constantly reminded about why i do this thing the hardest part is just starting that thing exactly whether it's doing the dishes or starting a painting you know just the thought of oh i have to do this
2: why and is just it so getting hard? from
1: yeah. that point to starting like yeah. that is the hardest part out of anything like the task is never really that difficult you just have to get past your anxieties and your yeah. you know your just your own head telling you Oh, you can put it off or there's something mm-hmm. more important to be done at the time you know there's been days I've had three or four things that I don't need to get done on that day and I just don't do don't it. do any of it yeah. You know? Yeah. And I, I feel, feel great those days. You know, <laughs> but then the next day those it, it trickles on, you know? Yeah, those excess exactly. worries stay builds with up, you and, build it builds and builds up and builds up. Yeah. Yeah. Who has any answers? <laughs> I don't have any answers. <laughs> no one does. Yeah. I don't know. I wish I wish there was some sort of method to it. But I think I think the best thing that anyone could do would just be to make up their own rules. Like take your own advice, you know. At the at the with still being Mm open-minded still still allowing others to influence what you do but make up the rules for yourself and sometimes the best thing that you can do is just sort of dwell in something that's not working for a wee bit just to really like encompass it and create closure around it rather than sort of leaving something incomplete or even like not even started just something that's weighing on your mind
2: like if you can
1: yeah, do you get what I'm saying?
2: I do. I, I'm I sort of just spilling now. Yeah, This is definitely a closing <laughs> statement. Yeah, I think so too. I think because so too. the idea of completing something, completing a task, you know, I think that is the most important part of the process. Yeah, absolutely. Get it out. Yeah, Ship it. Be done with it. Yep. Move on. Send it away. Brilliant. Put it in the post box. The po- post box? The, the t- mailbag? The mailbox, The mailbox. <laughs> <The> <box. laughs> Oh dear Can you put things in your letterbox and people pick it up Like you can't do that can you uh, Like if you wanted to send something you p- That's like a reverse mailbox isn't it yeah. A reverse letterbox <laughs> No I don't think you can do that But like no you know you can't I think you should That's that, always, that's 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 always where it ends up
1: yeah. <laughs>
2: Is it <that> a <laughs> metaphor No <laughs> Like if oh. I want to send a letter to someone I put it in my mailbox you could have an inbox and, and it, an outbox at your house. And it, yeah, it's like email. Yeah. Why can't, Why is there not a physical like, outbox? That's actually a really good idea. I don't that think... That makes no so sense. It's a good idea, but like... Well, it makes sense because the posties are going to be going back to the post shop anyway. And then you just... You don't have to take it anywhere. You just put
1: it in your outbox. But I guess you don't have the sense of emptying... The, 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 the accomplishment of emptying the bag of that day, you know? You end up with the same bag. If you're picking up mail, if you got a... Who the a mailman? No, need to yeah. If you got to drop all those off on a day, you don't end up with an empty bag. You end up with more stuff.
2: No, but you you empty the bag, and then the next morning you pick up more from the letter boxes. Oh, it's a different outboxes. different daily task. Let's yeah. see. So every morning the mailman comes and picks up your letters out of your outbox yeah. and takes it to people's inbox. <laughs> That's an endless cycle, see? I right, see. and then yeah, and then yeah. that all gets finished, and then they finish, and then the next day it starts again.
1: God. We should buy the New Zealand Post. That's
2: where we, we get should buy New Zealand Post. Yeah. I don't you know that what we're talking about.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Change the game, up. Huh? What would you call it? Would you keep it New Zealand Post?
1: I mean, it makes sense, right? The good NZ Post, the better NZ yeah. Post. Yeah, no boxes. Yeah, <laughs> brilliant. I love it. Right, right, excellent idea. Thanks for being here, man. This is really Karen. fun. It was fun. I would love to see your insights and things. You've got quite a, quite a. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to break you down but i like the way you think and i really appreciate that you can evaluate things about yourself that yeah. what works and and finding avenues that that works for you and, and your way of learning i think it's fascinating but you
2: can also be too self-aware yes we're opening up another one oh, yeah
1: let's stop we'll leave it at that stop all right thanks
2: again okay <laughs> appreciate it man cheers mate bye everyone Home. 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 Audio. Home.
0: 9016 Radio. the show for artists of all kinds life. Enjoy the music.